InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Research has shown that female athletes have a greater risk of getting a concussion than male athletes, even though the damaging effects may be the same. With the story, InfoTrack's Lisa G. Lisa? Thanks, Chris. We are speaking with Dr. James Noble, an assistant professor of neurology at Columbia University Medical Center in New York City. I am so interested in this new study you put together about female athletes and concussions. Can you tell us about it? Sure. We had an opportunity to look back at the last 15 years worth of epidemiologic data regarding our athletes here at Columbia University. And we were interested in some other literature that was out there suggesting that women may be at a higher risk for experiencing concussion. So we had an opportunity of doing that by looking back at the frequency with which concussions occurred in various sports as well as by gender. And what you found out is that women athletes are 50% more likely than male athletes to have a sports-related concussion. That is amazing. It's like the best-kept secret, right? I don't know if it's necessarily a well-kept secret, but this is something that's been identified in other studies suggesting that women certainly don't have a lower risk of concussion based upon these and other studies. And some have suggested that they experience them similarly, but ours supported a few other studies suggesting that women had concussions perhaps more often than men, even in gender-comparable sports. So I guess what I was leaning towards is why aren't women getting as much attention about this problem? Well, I think it probably stems from a number of different things. Some simply because of the high-profile nature of football and where a lot of the attention came into sports-related concussions really began with some high-profile cases in football. And now it's turning to the broader landscape of sports-related concussion and trying to explore more than just football for other sports as well as gender-comparable sports. I mean, that issue is that we're all trying to understand who are our high-risk athletes for experiencing a concussion, as well as those that may have a concussion, who are those that are most likely to have a prolonged recovery or a complicated recovery. So can we break it down by sport, let's say softball, soccer, female lacrosse? Do you have the different categories? The limits here are that we don't have fully comparable sports in every level because we have some sports that are played at the varsity level versus club level for men versus women. The ones that are gender comparable across the varsity level include soccer and basketball. And we saw that there was a slightly higher risk of having a concussion over the study period. Now, the limit we have in our study is that we don't have the denominator of time spent on the court but rather the frequency with which women had concussion among their female counterparts, and the same goes for men. So we had among the men who played soccer, for instance, versus among the women who played soccer, but we don't know if that has to deal with more or less time spent on the field for one versus the other. Do they get concussions the same way, maybe with a knee or an elbow, falling? Well, concussions, for the most part, occur based upon the sport in which they're played. For instance, football may have a lot of player-to-player contact, whereas other sports may have player-to-surface contact or player-to-ball contact as causes of injury. When you look at gender-comparable sports, women tended to experience concussion in about the same way as men did, both for length and the types of symptoms as well as total number of symptoms. I think one thing that's the takeaway here is that even though women may be more likely to have a concussion in our study itself, it may not be that it's so different after all when it is experienced. We are speaking with Dr. James Noble, an assistant professor of neurology at Columbia University Medical Center in New York City, who put together a study about 
female athletes and concussions, and it found out that women athletes are 50% more likely than male athletes to have a sports-related concussion. For people who might not know, what are the symptoms? Concussion is highly variable from one person to another. It's a very personalized type of injury, but for the most part, the most common symptom that athletes may experience will be things like headache, this so-called brain fog where they feel a bit confused at the time. They may have very much symptoms that seem a bit like migraine where they're sensitive to lights and sounds. They have intolerance for much exercise or cognitively demanding activities. They become rather tired. They may also have problems sleeping, whereas they are unable to sleep, as well as some athletes may be having excessive amounts of time spent in bed. There may be also mood changes that occur in individuals. Some of these may have an impact in academic abilities or the ability of one to return to the athletic field. It's highly variable from one athlete to the next. So looking at the statistics, does a study like this recommend that all female athletes wear some type of headgear for just everything? This has been a matter of debate in the field about whether or not headgear provides much in the way of benefit. Most of the headgear that we see in sports like football in particular, are the headgear is especially effective at limiting the risk of things like skull fracture or major skin and soft tissue injuries. But the likelihood of any headgear diminishing the risk of concussion is still rather uncertain. So what do you do with a study like this? Who's reading it? Who's taking notes? Who's going, oh, maybe we should do something about it? It's a good question. At least locally here, we have taken this analysis quite seriously because it's always interesting to read other studies that come from other universities. But when it's your own athletes and their patterns of recovery that we see at our own institution, we start to look at our own data and say, well, this is something we can probably think about the next time we're counseling an athlete. The limits, however, remain in that everybody's experience with concussion is highly variable. So even though you can look at an epidemiologic study and identify trends or risks, it still does not speak to the individual before you. Nonetheless, it is somewhat helpful as we start to guide our counseling of our patients, even if there may be inherent uncertainty in the future that they may have as far as their time to recovery and so forth. Being the author of this study, what would you like to see that comes from it? One thing that I hope comes from this is the power of big data. My concern is that although we've developed these very large and big cohort studies, sometimes as many as 30 schools participating in a single study, it still may not be enough for looking at the long-term ramifications of concussion to really clarify it by certain risk factors, by gender, by sport, especially when this is a population that is here working at our universities, studying hard. We focus a lot on their academic and behavioral health. I think we need to focus on their recovery after concussions, not just while they're in the university, but beyond. And sometimes we just are lacking in that data. But with the consortia that are available right now, we can really leverage the large numbers that we have, not just for current athletes, but former athletes and even those from long ago to see what their long-term outcomes are. Well said, Dr. James Noble, Assistant Professor of Neurology at Columbia University Medical Center in New York City. Thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate it. Thank you, and thanks for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Lisa G. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.